0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Nicolette Noree of Your Best School Podcast, and you're listening to Zero Dark Nerdy.
1: All right, party people. This is your boy Brian, aka El Nino, and welcome to another episode of Zero Dark Nerdy, the world's most notorious pop culture podcast.
0: Filthiest of the
1: filthy. Today I am joined in the studio with none other than
0: Ryan Saber, Captain Cleveland Browns, Cavs, Guardians. See you later, I die. And today's episode is brought to you
1: by the Believe Podcast Network. Most importantly, our two main sponsors. First and foremost, betonline.ag. And of course, our good friends over at Four Saints Brewing in Ashboro, North Carolina. If you are in North Carolina and not going to be able to make it to the Ashboro area to try out some of their amazing beers, you can go on their website, which is four saintsbrewing.com and see what stores close to you sell some of their amazing beers. So be sure to check them out. Big shout out to Joel and company out at Four Saints Brewing. We got a very excellent episode for you today. We have none other than the one and only Sean Avery in the building. <laughs>
0: Sean, I'm going to tell you, you're you're a unique guy, man. Um, and I guess we'll just go right into – I'm going to ask you a tough one. Maybe it's not tough for you, and you probably get this question a lot, but do you think you're as controversial of a guy as you've been sort of portrayed to have been over the years? Or do you think it's just more media blowing things out of proportion, maybe being a little bit misunderstood, those kind of things?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think um... – I think I agree. I I agree with you. I I do think, um, you know, my persona has definitely been blown out of proportion a little bit. I think part of the reason though, is because uh, I'm a hockey player. And I think that traditionally the sport isn't, uh, isn't very forward facing as far as players go. Um, And then, you know, I've listened, I think on the ice, I was a very, very brash, uh, ornery type of guy. And also off the ice, I am in, in certain situations. You know, I, I like to fight. I've always liked to fight. I like to fight on and off the ice. Uh, but I think that uh, it, anyone I hope that has spent time with me or certainly my inner circle of, of friends and family, you know, I, I'm a pretty mellow dude. You know, I got, I've got like a, a very sarcastic type of sense of humor, takes a lot to get me excited, Um, you know, and I'm also a little bit of a loner uh, as I get older, so I I definitely think when I was playing, you know, I, I said some things that I don't think my peers were saying, whereas in other sports, you have all these interesting personalities that are definitely a lot more outspoken. Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. Nice. Now, um, in regards to, I know you said fighting on the ice, off the ice, just to kind of flip the script real quick. What is, what is your opinion of, of all these celebrity boxing matches happening now? And is this something where, you know, I heard that you were called out by Matthew Barnabas or whatever it is, you know, is this something you would ever consider? And just what, like, what's your take on it? I'd just love to hear feedback from, uh, you know, celebrities and athletes like yourself.
2: First of all, I think they're great. I mean, I, I think that this this fight this weekend between Jake Paul and Tyron, Tyron Woodley. Uh, I think it might be a fight, you know, uh, I, I think that we're going to start to realize pretty quickly as we've seen, you know, five to 10 of these things roll out. We're going to start to be able to expect what the product is right now. You can't expect it. Right. You, you have, you know, from one of these fights to the next, you have no idea what's going to happen. So I think that's part of the excitement right now. But look, I mean, I think this Jake Paul thing—if you look at this on paper, first of all, the kid, the kid definitely can fight. Like he, he's an athlete; I can see it in him. Mm. Um, he's got that. We'll see what happens. I mean, I—I'll I, tell you, I—I think the kid, if he's dedicated enough, he could turn into a real boxer. You know, the question always is, can you take a punch? Which I think is the—is the different. And we haven't seen him take a punch yet. Some guys just, just physically can't take a punch, you know, but yeah, Matthew Barnaby, uh, I I saw that, you know, I think part of the whole thing with Barnaby, what he's trying to, he's looking for a home. Right. And I think he, this whole rough and rowdy bar stool, like he's trying to incorporate himself in there and what better way to do it by using me as the heel. And, but like, I'm acting in fucking movies with the best directors in the world right now, like building a new career.
1: Yeah.
2: I I don't necessarily think that uh, I'm going to be in box boxing, one of these things anytime soon, but I'll tell you, I mean, I I, I'm 41. I'm in unbelievable shape right now. I've seen Matthew Barnaby. I would fuck him up so bad. I mean, it, it, it would be, it would be shameful, you know? Um, and maybe he's thinking that it would be worth it. Right. To, Cause he, he needs, listen, I don't knock the hustle. Like however yeah. you're trying to, to knock doors down and, and get your way in. I respect it, you know? So, but I, I'm looking forward to, to watching this fight this
0: weekend. And maybe I'm wrong. I just want to follow up with that. <laughs> During your playing career, you were an enforcer. Barnaby was more of like uh like a, Fucking like a nuisance, right? I mean, he wasn't like a—he t- wasn't seen as a tough guy, was he?
2: I mean, no. I think we both played this, the same role. I, I definitely think he was considered more of a uh, a fighter than me, but that's just because he was a terrible fucking player, <laughs> you know. So that's the difference. I mean, yeah. you know, Barnaby was a was a slug. He was he was what he was in a time where you had those types of players on your team. You know, nowadays, he, he could never play. And I, the game today is suited much better for me than, than it was when I was playing. So, you know, I think that's kind of the difference.
1: It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, your online sports book experts.
0: You, you talked about the acting stuff. Um, I think that's a really good segue. I don't want to, you know, bang on Matthew Barnaby the whole show, even though it'd be fun. You know, do you consider yourself an actor now, or I mean, you do a lot of things, right? Do you consider yourself an actor now, or is that just sort of one of your jobs?
2: No, I mean, I think that's that's my full time job. If I looked at from a time standpoint, I just uh, I, I, I auditioned for this role that a friend of mine, he's directing this movie, Gabe Polsky, uh, who actually did a, a couple of hockey documentaries that are really good. The last one was called red penguins. Um, Gabe's doing this movie and I auditioned for it and I saw the other guys audition tapes and my audition tape was the best set of the tapes. I think where I'm at right now is people are still trying to wrap their head around the fact that I'm doing this and I haven't broke the door down on that one role. Um, but no, I mean, the majority of my week is auditioning for stuff. I audition for everything, a- a- everything that that a, that a, an actor my age would have the opportunity to audition for. I'm reading for it. You know, I, I just got a, an audition today for uh, they're doing this George Foreman show on, I think, Hulu or something. I auditioned for another role. And then that was a couple of days ago. And then today I get an audition for a different role in a, in that same show. When that starts to happen, that's when, you know, you're starting like the traction. It's starting to get sticky. Cause that's the same casting director. Uh, this one in particular is a really big one. I think she saw my tape. It was like, Oh, you know what? Sean should read for this role. So yeah, I mean, I, I I'm an actor, you know, I'm getting paid to act. Um, when I, when I get jobs, um, I also do the podcast, but I but I think that my mentality right now and all of my focus is towards that. That that's why I get up and go to the gym and and I'm trying to build something here uh, for sure. That's
1: awesome. That's awesome. I mean, and also it's a great story too because to me, I'm one of those people to where there's not an age limit. Like you can try to go after what you want to. So not just. Oh, well, I didn't become an actor when I was 30 or 20 or something like that. So the fact that you're doing this and, you know, as a full time gig, I think is amazing. Now, by doing so, is this included, you know, as far as like some some mentors uh, or even like coaches, anybody you want to give shout outs to that's helping you come up in your acting career?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Peter Berg was kind of Pete's been a friend of mine for a long time. That's what started this whole thing. He put me in a movie called Patriots Day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a, it was a day, it was a day's job work. I had a couple of lines. Um, that was, that was what hit the bug. Um, and then I've done a couple of Pete's movies since. And then also John Papsidera, who, uh, Paps, Papsidera is a, a casting director. He casts all of Chris Nolan's stuff. John put me in Tenant, And I think that's kind of, you know, he, he's one of those guys where, I can bounce stuff off of John. I'm auditioning for him constantly. He's helping me kind of understand and, and choices. And yeah, really, really good stuff. You don't need more than that. You know, I think you only need a couple of people to champion you and kind of help you on on this journey. The rest
1: is too much noise. Sure, sure. And I mean, those are two big names Are just like Sabah said, we're big Pete Berg's fans. Love Peter Berg. God almighty. Fantastic. So, and then, I mean, Tennant, uh, Christopher Nolan. I mean, come on, yeah. now he's one of the biggest directors in the game with Pete Berg. So, that's uh that's tremendous. I got a a question for the ladies out there. You're getting a lot of love from the ladies out there. They see the shirtless, you know, posts on Instagram. There's one from Amanda Browder that wants to know uh, what is your favorite moisturizer.
2: <laughs> oh my God, I use this. Uh, I use this uh, brand called Jow j-a-o and they have this thing called their goo oil and uh yeah that's my i slather that shit all over me and it, it, it makes you look skinnier somehow there's some it, it's got like a glow to it and the oily i, I don't know but that's I'm my secret. get stock
1: in that shit I was I know. Say, let me write that down so i can get some of this <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> i saw one uh one of your instagram posts i was like how old is this picture i was like holy shit this was like last week like yeah you've been in the gym hard bro not saying that you were ever out of shape but fucking hey I, I gotta get back on that workout regimen that's for sure
0: you you want me to you want me to leave while you two <laughs> uh
1: it definitely
2: i'll tell you what it does like as you get older the, the leaner you can stay right that's how you fight father time you know and athletes, that's a big thing when you're done playing. Like, to keep the weight off, it's not easy. You got to really – it's kind of torturous. It sucks sometimes. Um, but you got to do it, you know, especially with this shit show we're living in right
0: now. Like, yeah. Be here, and you want me to take the next one? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, You know – After you quit playing, you've been involved in a lot of different things, right? You did the advertising thing, acting, you were on Dancing with the Stars, you've done some modeling, you know, you talked about the podcast, so you've been doing a lot of different things. How how have you gotten involved and been successful, obviously, at varying levels in so many different things, luck, passion, talent, right place, right time? I mean, what is it or some combination of those? I
2: I think um, curiosity. You know, I think like, listen, if you if if you're a professional athlete for as long as I was and as big as markets that I was, I was in, you you play your cards, right? You end up with relationships. And then if you're curious, you can draw on those relationships. And I think um, when I was when I finished playing, I didn't know what I, I wanted to do. You know, the first year I wrote a book. I just kind of went into a couple of different things. A really close friend of mine who had actually put me in some advertising campaigns, owned an agency. And, and I thought that was really interesting and I did that for a while. And then I realized like, I can't, I can't work in an in a office environment like in corporate America. You know what I mean? Especially to see where it is today. Like I could never survive in that type of environment. So, <laughs> You know, but I think I, I I took shots at a bunch of different stuff. That never I was never afraid to do that, even though you know I wasn't I was starting from like a lower position. Like I don't that shit's all I, I'm interested in stuff. And I think when you're interested in stuff, you have to explore those things. You can't be afraid. You know that what happens is when guys stop playing, they the ones that have a tough time, they, they can't find something, you know, they can't find an, their identity. They can't find something, something that they do. And that's fucking dangerous. You, you get down a slippery road when that happens. So I, I just did a bunch of shit until I was like, Oh, this is what it is. This is what, this is what I'm, I got to do now.
0: Obviously being a professional athlete, you know, playing in, the greatest league in the world, and any in, in you know any sport, that's that's probably the hardest thing you could possibly do. So so we'll take that one out of the mix. But of the all these other things that you've started, these other career paths you've gone down, which one's been the hardest for you?
2: I mean, I think the acting's definitely been. It's been five years, and four of those years were really learning a couple of things, learning how to just audition and learning how to memorize lines like I you know you hear like uh you know 10,000 hours of something like it took me five years to be able to audition at a professional level you know right um and then when it clicked it, it just clicked and now those learning curves are moving so much faster and then obviously being on set is like a that's that's the ultimate thing, because then you can really now you're really learning, but definitely the acting.
1: Nice. Nice. So in regards to the podcast, you know, how did you come up with just kind of like the concept and what was the driving force behind that? Was it other podcasts out there? Kind of like what you said before, like when you talk about other people auditioning, like this guy sucks, like I can do better. Like, was that was that a part of it? Like what what all entailed you starting the podcast? And of course, talk a little bit about it, what we have coming up.
2: Yeah, a little, a little bit of everything. One, it was, it was also I wanted. I always thought like, oh, the cancel, the cancel club's gonna come for me at some point, and I want to have a platform that I can defend myself with in long form. I also didn't hear a lot of podcasts that I like, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it, no, it was really the uh, the pandemic kind of kicked up, kicked it really into high gear. And uh, a friend of mine, Kevin Connolly um who played e on entourage kevin has a mm-hmm. started a, a podcast network and he he was ha- he hounded me for you know a good six months saying come on you gotta do it you gotta do it and then i just said fuck it and i realized how easy it was from like a setup standpoint you don't really need anything mm-hmm. um and then i just started the show man you don't really know what you're gonna get i, I think uh One week, I could do the show completely by myself and have no guests. Mm -hmm. The next week, I talked to Roger Stone. And then the next week, I talked to, last week, I talked to a girl that ran somebody over in a fucking Black Lives Matter uh, protest, this girl from Denver. You know, I, I don't, I just really like talking to interesting people. So that's kind of where it drives me. And I think the news is, is one of the things that pulls me in certain directions, depending on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, last week, I also interviewed this guy, Cash Patel, who basically put the, the President Trump's withdrawal plan together. He was, he was part of the administration. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm all over the place, but it, it, it's fun. My shows are never longer than 90 minutes, really move at a good clip and yeah, I think I'm going to definitely
1: keep doing it for sure. Uh, you definitely should, man. It's, uh, but that's what I like about it. It's entertaining. You never really know who's going to be on, you know, the next episode and it is all over the place. And, uh, you know, you sound natural on it and it's definitely kind of like, all right, what's, what's going to be, what's going to be said next, what's going to happen next. So that right. surprise right. factor and it's good. So e Murphy well, did a good job recruiting you on that. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. Sabe and I are huge entourage fans. Huge so big entourage fan.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's uh I I've been reading all the rumblings of just trying to reboot it, kick it back going again.
0: Well, they got to get Piven, man. That's the yeah. that was the fucking problem the first time.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's uh yeah, you can't really do it without him, right? That's the problem.
0: That's true. We got anything else from the fans being heard? did you get more amped
1: up playing in front of Canadian fans than fans here in the States? Like, was there a difference? Are there, you know, particular places that just really, really, you know, took the intensity up to 150, 200.
2: Yeah, definitely. uh, Toronto going back to Toronto, partly because original six team when I played for New York, Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in Toronto. Uh, We had a, a pretty good rivalry with them. Yeah, you you can Saturday night like NHL hockey, like hockey night in Canada stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, Toronto was always one that that was definitely you would you would mark it at the start of the season and knew knew when it was going to happen.
0: Talk. You know what? You, something just popped in my head when you were talking. <laughs> you know, talk about the dynamics this year with COVID and the way that it impacted hockey in general and the schedule and the Canadian teams and, and all that. I'm, I'm just curious to get your take on it as somebody who's, who's from Canada.
2: Yeah, well, I think you saw, um, in the end, you saw what happened was these Canadian teams were playing themselves, right? Mm-hmm. When they finally crossed over, although Montreal went on sort of this Cinderella run, yeah. when they got up against, the best American team who had been playing against other great American teams all season, it wasn't even a a competition. Uh, Tampa Bay was so far superior to the Canadian teams. So I think it was a really weird year because I think those Canadian teams got stunted a little bit because they only played themselves. Very weird stuff. By the end of the playoffs, like, Tampa Bay has a full arena, 20,000 people, and you have, they go to play in Montreal, and there's fucking 4,000 people. I mean, its it was just, it was ridiculous. But, it, it, yeah, hard on the players, man. Even harder on the players the year before when they did that shit in the bubble. Um, going away, I, I mean, I just had a, not just, but I have a one-year-old, and to think those guys that left, like who were just had a baby, and there were a lot of them, you know, yeah, that was weird. This whole thing is man,
0: I'm I'm so over it. It's a fucking disaster. And you know, the further the I guess the follow-up question of that and the fact that it it is a fucking disaster and <laughs> there, there's really no end in sight, right? I mean, do, hockey's coming back around what? In, in 2 months? Uh less yeah. than 2 months? I mean, is it going to be the same situation this upcoming season where the Canadian teams have to play themselves again?
2: I mean, fuck! I wouldn't be surprised. Like, they're crazy in Canada. I mean, right now it's even worse than here. I, I think yep. the border's open now, but you know, I just saw uh, this this league that I played in growing up, the GTHL. It's like the Greater Toronto uh, Metro League. I just saw that you know the twelve year old, twelve year olds and up have to get vaccinated. I mean, the whole. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, it'd be nice if some of our athletes would start fucking speaking up, though.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, because I know that 80% of them think a certain way, mm-hmm. but there's only five that are saying something. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're getting beat up in the press. And But uh, it's, it's, you know, they don't make them like they used to. That's what it comes down to.
1: That's for sure, man. You definitely know for speaking your mind. And, of course, we love that here on the podcast. Uh, two more questions from some fans. This one is from Stat Boy, actually, from Sabah's Water Cooler podcast. Who was your, like, hockey idol when you were growing up?
2: Uh, my favorite player was Brett Hall. He played for the St. Louis Blues. dad, Bobby Hall, was a legend, uh, the golden Brett. Yeah, yeah, Hall was my – He was. I wore 16 growing up. And then as soon as I could play on a team where I was old enough to get 16 in the NHL, I wore it.
1: Uh, Yeah. Holly was, was my guy. Nice. Nice. And then uh, last, but definitely not least, as far as uh, teammates go, if it wasn't yourself, like which one of your teammates was one of the biggest pranksters in the locker room?
2: Oh man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You got some diehard fans out there, man. They want to know. You want to know the dirt? Yeah, I
2: played my my old, uh, my roommate, I lived with him my first year in LA when I played for the Kings, a guy by the name of Brad Norton, he's yeah. from, uh, he's from, he was like a Boston guy, Massachusetts guy. Yeah, Norty was a, was a real wild man. Like the type, you know, he would fill your car up with popcorn and shit like that.
1: <laughs> <sighs> so uh, did I take it, did he ever do that to you? What was the worst thing he did to you?
2: I and was kind of... Can you uh, not say on camera? <laughs> well, no, no, we, we lived together, so he didn't, you know, he'd have to come home with me. So I, <laughs> right. I kind of, yeah, that, I was out, I got out of his way, so it was all good.
1: <laughs> now streaming on Redbox, Richard Dreyfuss and Mira Servino star in the action-packed thriller Crime Story. An ex-mob boss takes a deadly path of revenge when he and his family are targeted in a home invasion robbery. Stream crime story instantly on Redbox on demand today. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. Are you still? Are you still?
0: Before I ask this question, are you still uh, affiliated with Athlete Alley? Um.
2: Yeah, I still help yeah. them with stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I saw, it, and it was a little bit of an old article from 2012. It said you were on the board of directors with Athlete Alley. I thought it was just a really cool idea, a really cool organization that was focused you know, on, on empowering athletes to be more outspoken against prejudice. And I was just, I just just wanted to kind of have you talk about it a little bit, make people aware of the organization and, you know, let them know where they can go to find out more.
2: Yeah. They, um, they educate, their big thing is to educate professional athletes on equality issues. So yeah, when they started, uh, it was a long time ago, but it was right around the same time I had done a, I was the first professional athlete to endorse same-sex marriage, marriage equality in New York. So it was kind of right around that time where New York was pushing for that. um, And and they've been doing it a long time. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, we've had a couple of gay players come out in the last six months. So things are changing
1: and it's good. In terms of uh, upcoming projects that you can talk about, I, you know, we just checked out the councilman today, I guess kind of two part question. Tell us about that, because that's a excellent kind of three minute, you know, it starts off, this video may upset you and then it should, which I thought was, you know, a great beginning to a video that's like, shit, this is kind of how it really is, you know, that and then any projects that you're allowed to talk about, at least that you have coming up in, in in film or television.
2: Yeah, so uh, Rise LA—it's a local, it's kind of a, a bipartisan nonprofit or for-profit. I can't remember. No, it must be a nonprofit. Anyways, their whole their whole goal is to bring awareness to local elections in LA, mm-hmm. and uh, they came up with this great idea, this really interesting, very unique idea to do sort of a short film, a three-minute film that would bring awareness to voting in our upcoming 2022 local elections. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I, you know, what I learned in it doing it was that 90% of people don't vote in local elections. And part of the reason why I think we're in this mess that we're in is because we don't vote enough. So um, yeah, it was a really interesting project that, that, uh, that they put together and, somehow it ended up to me and and I think they we did a great job with it I think it's really fun and it's a great watch um upcoming stuff upcoming stuff right now I'm unemployed like I just I I'm looking at three different auditions that I have to memorize uh and just every day I you know try to get try to try to get a job that's the game
1: <laughs> hey man well keep it up brother i mean you're doing your thing out there the podcast is great the councilman video rise up la is fantastic you're on the cusp i mean uh, just like uh we tell everybody it ain't you know nobody's an overnight success i nope. mean just like you said five years in the game and to me that would seem like the hardest part too would be memorizing the lines oh
2: yeah so hard
1: it's got to be brutal i mean do you have a a technique like do you do like little post-it notes like what what's your technique now as far as you know you've been doing it for five years now and you said it it finally clicked do you have a process now when it comes to memorizing uh, lines from the scripts
2: yeah i mean i now i don't say a a word out loud until i can say it in my head and that means i have to read it like fuck a few hundred times yeah i mean (laughs) And I have to read it backwards because I think I'm dyslexic. I mean, the whole thing—it's you know—it's a—it's not easy.
0: <laughs> I, look, I, I had a question written down, and I, I kept <laughs> going back and forth about whether I wanted to ask it or not. But it, I, I want to go back to this idea of you of you loving to fight, and just one last hockey question: like, is it a bad like when when you're known as like a tough guy and the enforcer on a team? does the other team's toughest guy like come and like want to fight you night in and night out? Is, is that like a thing? Yeah. I mean, so I didn't fight
2: the, I didn't fight the other team's toughest guys. I was sort of like a middleweight, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you would see the schedule at the start of the year and you could, you could go through it and go, okay, I know I'm going to fight this guy that night and this guy that night. And you kind of mark it out. Um, it's just, it's, it's such a, it's, it's part of the job, right? Like, you know, you just know that it's going to happen.
0: Hockey is uh, one of the only places where, where like in the real world, if you're known as a tough guy, like people stay away from you and hockey, if you're known as a tough guy, like motherfuckers come and they want to like, <laughs> they want to show you that they're tougher than you are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Part of it also is this, uh, you know, there's a bit of a code, like, you know, if you're, that type of tough guy, you fight that type of tough guy. and
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, hopefully they never get rid of it. That's for sure
1: you know that's to awesome that to that point too. The the times I know we just saw it this past season and, you know, it happens once a year. Is there a signal or something where you guys look at each other and then it's like once the puck drops, the three of us are going to go ahead and start pounding on the other team real quick. I know it doesn't happen that often when it does, though. So, I, I mean, obviously it amps everybody up, but has that ever been a situation for you? And is there just some kind of like unwritten kind of code like, all right, this is it. We're going to all drop the gloves and just go.
2: I think it's more, there, there's a uh, pheromones. There's like a, <laughs> it's kind of like a scent in the air and everybody just knows what's up.
1: <sighs> <laughs> oh man. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Sean, um, you know, for, for our fans out there that may not be diehard, but probably are by now after listening to this incredible episode you've been on, where can they find you in terms of social media, the podcast, all that fun stuff?
2: Yeah. So the podcast is called No Gruffs Given, uh, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, all the places you find podcasts. Uh, My Instagram and my Twitter are I'm Sean Avery. It's really complicated because it's I'm Sean Avery. At I'm Sean Avery. I am Sean
0: Avery. (laughs) <laughs> and ladies, he's got his shirt off in uh, um, an amazing moisturizing uh, <laughs> check
1: him out. Yeah, I got to check out this moisturizer, man. I really appreciate the tip on that. <laughs> I'm 41, too. And anything I can do to keep young or to keep looking young, I will take it, yeah. man. It you both hell, don't
0: yeah. look you both don't look the same age. No, no, not at all.
1: Not at all. I'm hella jealous. God, <laughs> man. It's been awesome having you on, brother. We really appreciate it. Anything we can do obviously to help down the road or if you're looking for any guests whatever, we can can do to help uh, let us know big fans looking forward to uh you taking over hollywood i know it's only a matter of time and uh you know just wishing you the best on your auditions your roles and uh, you know keep doing what you're doing with the podcast and everything else we truly appreciate you being on the show
2: Think i so. appreciate it uh yeah thanks guys thanks for having me on good luck with everything
1: you you got appreciate you man thank Talk you you, man see
2: you fellas